0: This is Live
1: Wild's Connection Matters podcast, bringing together heart-centered, nature-connected, curious people who share the inquiry, how can we create a connected and meaningful way of living that brings more health, happiness and growth to our world? My name is Leona Johnson and I am your host. Well hello beautiful humans, welcome to episode 14 of Connection Matters podcast. Today I'm bringing you an episode with Andres Roberts. Andres is a good friend of mine and uh, we've learnt and worked together over the past few years in various capacities. Um, I'm really, really excited to bring this conversation that I had with him recently um, to you today to give you a little bit of background on Andres. He's a guide educator and leadership advisor working towards new forms of human progress with nature. He has been guiding nature quests for 10 years and transformative learning experiences for 18 years. More recently Andres founded the Bio Leadership Project, a project that aims to redefine human leadership by working with nature. Today he works with many groups and inspiring organizations including Patagonia, the World Benchmarking Organization, Think and the Amani Institute. He has studied with respected wisdom teachers and elders from across the world and holds an MSc in sustainable and responsible business. I know Andres from way of nature. I did the, um, leadership guide training program a few years ago. we spent a year with an amazing group. Hello. Hello. Amazing group. Hope some of you are listening. Um, you know we spent an amazing year really exploring connection and finding meaning and spending time in nature and supporting others to spend time in nature and it was a really intense and special time for me because well I don't know we, we've we have all questioned what the ingredients were of that year and what made it so special because we connected so well we did a lot of transformative process working um, doing vision quests supporting each other really diving deep I was really Andres and Adrian as well who is the other founder of wave of nature UK who held that space for us and it was very very beautiful so I love Andres's perspective I love his gentleness and his his ability to be to be vulnerable and driven together at the same time you know with purposeful and really clear in I I think in the mission that he's bringing to the world which is that we can live in a more nature connected way whether that's at an individual level or especially at an individual level but also at a more systemic level so um, I hope that the conversation that you hear today brings some of that and just is you know he's just very funny and kind and brilliant human. So I'm sure that you will get a lot out of the conversation. I would say, listen, do listen to the end because he shares what he calls three areas of knowledge that are needed for a just and whole transition into a better way of living. And that's uh, one of the things that they work with in bioleadership. And I think it's really amazing. It's a beautiful piece. And, um, and I found it very useful to have that conversation. I'll also link to all of Andres's various projects in the show notes. And also, uh, there's a link to the Ted talk that Andres did, which has received over 36,000 views. And that gives a really lovely, concise and inspiring version of the work that Andres does. And yeah, that's called How Would Nature Change Leadership? So before we go to that... If you like the podcast and want to support us, then do hop over to www.patreon.com forward slash connection matters podcast. And you can support us there for as little as three pounds a month and get all sorts of giveaways and behind the scenes content from me. Um, so yeah, we really, really appreciate people who are already supporting us. Thank you. You know who you are. Um, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. So thank you. And also, if you haven't already subscribed, do hit that little subscribe button in your podcast app. And that way you'll get all of the episodes directly into your device. So without further ado, this is the fantastic Andres Roberts. Hi, Andres. How are you today? To
2: Hi. Nice to be with you.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, really glad that you agreed to speak with me and I've been hoping that we would catch up for a while but obviously since lockdown has eased we've both all of a sudden got very busy haven't we um so let's start with a little bit of gratitude I really like to tune in a little bit to to what's going well and just share a little bit of um yeah what we're thankful for um I can go first I um yeah today I'm really grateful for my body um and because I'm really feeling it (laughs) I'm really feeling it after a weekend of cycle camping with my partner and my kids um we just went locally because it feels really nice to orientate ourselves to the area um rather than going away and getting to know other areas. I realised that we, we don't really know um, everything that there is to know around this area. There's lots of moorlands and other valleys that are not so far away. So we, we we took the plunge and went for it on Friday and camped out for three nights wild camping. And um, yeah, it was great. It was so good and so much fun. And um, but I'm absolutely shattered, <laughs> and so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm grateful that I can do that. All the things that came together to make that happen, and I'm grateful, yeah, for my my physical body, which enables me to um, put it to the test like that, carrying enough kit for five people to camp out, and all the food that we need, and the water, and everything, and the gear, um, and cycle up these crazy hills around here so that's uh that's me for today how about you how are you feeling what's what are you grateful for
2: um yeah so 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 nice to do it i uh i was going to say my body as well and <laughs> <laughs> um, just because i one of the things i've been able to do uh as we emerge from lockdown but still not travel so much is to be able to go for slightly longer runs. And, um, I've never, I've never run a half marathon. I've never been much of a long distance runner, but I've been sort of slowly. Um, yeah, learning about how my body gets used to running longer distances. And, and I've, every weekend I'll go slightly further and slightly longer. And uh, it's so wonderful to sort of be outside in my body and, enjoy the elements and the space and the breeze and the light and whilst i'm getting sort of stronger and fitter in certain ways in my body so yeah i'm grateful for all of those things and um and i'm just looking out of the window and uh we have a little dormer on at the top of the house which is where i'm speaking from and i can see trees swaying and it is very uh yeah it's very cool to just feel like we're in this season, watching the trees sway and mm. breathe and breeze in the 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 of a of a of a cooling summer's day. So yeah, it's just really nice to be in this moment.
1: Mm, thank you. Yes, I'll join you in that because I've been outside in the woods today as well, and we've had drizzle and wind and sunshine, and we've had all of it today, all of the elements and it's just really good to be out in it, isn't it? And, and experience and, and feel the elements and the elemental connection. So thank you for sharing that. Mm. So um, Andres and I met, um, how many years ago now? I guess about four, four years ago, possibly. I um, I saw this call out online for people who would like to consider the inquiry how do we create a nature connected culture and it just pinged right at me I was just like ah that's my question ha I need to know more about this and it was an invitation to a gathering in London where um I think you'd invited all the people who've been on your programs and events before. And I guess any, anybody else who is interested in that inquiry. And so I went all the way from here up North on the train down to London for the day and not knowing what I was going to or who, who people were arriving at this fancy room in London. I'm, I've, I'm you know, I'm not a London girl, so it felt fancy to me with lots of people in suits who'd obviously come from their work and feeling well out of place. <laughs> and mm. Because usually when I'm with people talking about that question, it's, it's in the woods with other forest school leaders or other nature connectors. And um, so, yeah, it was really unusual. And I was like, what is this? What is this gathering? Who are these people and what's going on? And as we went round and I learned about the people in that room, I realized that there were you know, people from the media, there were people who were, you know, dot-com millionaires, people who were big festival organizers and, um, you know, people who'd obviously come and answered the call to come on some of your quests that I know you run through Way of Nature um, and then gone back to their jobs, having experienced the uh, the impact of how it is to go out and do um, nature quests and modern day vision quests, which are, I know some of the things that you run and then go back to their life and their jobs and realize that actually they want to consider how can we create a more nature connected culture rather than living, just living, you know, London city life. And it was very exciting for me to be in a room with all of these different kinds of people who were um you know techie people and bankers and people who were from all different um realms that i don't usually get to mix with and and know that they were all there, passionate about how do we how do we work within the culture that exists to create a more nature connected culture and, uh, and our journey together went from there, didn't we? Because I, I then joined the um, Nature Guide training programme and we spent a year doing various missions and, and, and things together, which, which was really lovely. But I just thought I wanted to get that, that piece in because it was so key, really, to um, where I was at at the time and what, what I wanted to be around. And I loved... Um, I loved the presentation of Way of Nature, how Way of Nature brings um, uh, makes very accessible things that I guess previously were more linked to traditional cultures or different ways of life and it's made it very accessible to the mainstream, to people who are, who are looking for a different way. And I think that's a lot of people now. Given these times that we 're in, so um, yeah, I wonder if you would like to respond to that and maybe share a little bit about yourself and, and and share a little bit more about way of nature and the other projects that you're you're involved in
2: yeah, great thank you it's really um what a lovely moment to think about you know and, and i remember I remember it was co- it was cold wasn't it? It was in the middle mm-hmm. of the and we were somewhere close to Russell Square or something like that, where mm-hmm. you have all of these old Georgian buildings and it you couldn't have a more um almost christmasy Christmassy London scene yeah. in an old school kind of way. And then and then we convened in this group in this room and it almost was felt a bit like a Phileas fog gathering of people in jackets w- waiting to go on some kind of expedition to talk about how we could reconnect with nature. Um So it's it it, and really nice to think about the fact that we were we were bringing people from all kinds of cultures effectively to talk about this. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Um, if people don't don't have if we haven't met, uh, I I um I'm one of the co-founders of something we've called Way of Nature here in the UK, and we run the contemporary forms of Vision Quest and and Nature Quest that process of preparing each other to leave community and and sit in in nature to be alone and, and seek guidance and wisdom. And I, I have a sense that your audience, Leona, sort of knows that already. So I, w- I won't say too much about that. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but I suppose the other thing to say is that from that work, we've developed uh, a project uh, called the Bioleadership Project. And the Bioleadership Project effectively says that The everyday story of what we call progress or even leadership, Um, you know, this story of growing things and going faster and competing in a strange kind of winner-takes-all way and consuming as if the world's resources were Um, never-ending, that story is broken and it doesn't get us anywhere better. and. And it's bringing the world and it's bringing perhaps even our own psyche to a a very dangerous place. So the question with the Bioleadership Project is what would it look like to redefine uh, human innovation, whether we call it learning or growth or leadership or development? You know, what would it look like to do that much more closely in relationship with nature, in partnership with nature? or even as nature. And um, in a way, that question is, a, is very close, or maybe the question that we started off with, with how do we create a culture of nature connection is, is at the heart of that. And more explicitly, we're saying, how can it be at the heart of how we design education and business and governments and communities? Um, And yeah, it's a a really exciting point because I think things are shifting. I think so much is going on in the world, but all of a sudden it doesn't sound uh, wacky or esoteric or overly spiritual in an inaccessible sense to say we should be living as if we're nature or we should be living as if we're part of nature.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: We're still learning a lot about that and and good things are happening.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: Yeah, because we are at that point aren't we really where over the last few years it's become much more um within our normal rhetoric you know we hear it in the mainstream media we know a lot more about climate change we know a lot more about the destruction that's going on around what the world and people want to be able to live differently. So the question right now is, how do we do that? How do we change? And I think given COVID and everything that's happened, particularly in the last, you know, five, six months, um, more than ever, people have looked at their own lives and the way that they're living and considered, how can we do this differently? How can Mm -hmm. we? I, I remember thinking, you know, of all those people in the room that day when we met and of all the others that um you know that I met when we've done um retreats together and um it's the kind of people who I think have done well for themselves who go to you know they do well at school they go to college they go to university they do well at university they get good jobs they do all things they do they do things right you know they do things that they they think are the right things to do and then they get to a certain stage in life and and they've got the nice job in the city in the nice house and they can take good holidays but there's still something that's missing and for me it feels like that's connection and that's culture and that's community and the the life when you are headed in the right direction, you know, the direction that brings all of the things that our um, culture might expect if you're doing well for yourself. Um, it, It doesn't always lead to a feeling of fulfillment and happiness, and it doesn't always lead to living in service to the whole and creating a more regenerative culture. And so the idea that people like that are choosing to look beyond the realms of their their normal existence to finding ways to be more in connection and have more innovation as you've said is really exciting i'd love to hear more about that um because you've worked with quite a lot of organizations who are innovating and thinking differently haven't you
2: yeah, we we we've started a um, we have a, we have a little project called the Beacons Project, and and the Beacons Project is about saying who are the it can be organisations or businesses or, or people who are doing something different that makes us think you know if we could if we could help if we could put a spotlight on that story and help it to grow and help that form of knowledge to grow then you know we could inspire more similar movements and I. I it's it's complex isn't it because we're all part of the things that we'd like to change
0: hmm.
2: and the, and um, you know those people that you were describing but we're all we're all a little bit of those people as mm-hmm. well and so how, how do we bring change about and because as much as we want to live in a particular way or as much as you know we're calling out for a certain kind of culture we're all still part of the culture that that we live in and, and whether we like it or not, I think we sort of reinforce it and, and -hmm. perhaps what we need is, um, well, I I, I put my faith and I put my trust in this idea that change is a little bit like acupuncture. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't happen in a straight line. Uh, The whole thing about, you know, getting your ducks in a row for me, it's almost more like you have to, you have to get your acupuncture points in the right places, which is not a straight line. And and then all of a sudden, if you do that, then something will emerge a different system or a different um, feeling or a different way of being will, will emerge. And, and so that's slightly uh, round the houses way of saying what I'm going to say. But, but for me, I think there are different kinds of stories that are happening and different, different organizations, different people represent those different stories. So some people, for example, are saying we just have to measure the world in a different way, not through GDP. And some people are saying we have to uh, organize ourselves more like networks rather than hierarchies. And, and some people are saying, well, we have to organize or we have to live life as if we're part of something more beautiful and something more amazing. And, and there are there are, there are are people growing all kinds of those stories and, and helping them connect. And uh, that's what mm-hmm. I'd like to more of, you know find them, illuminate them, support them. And and then, and then all of a sudden we won't just have, for example, one Patagonia, we'll have a hundred Patagonias in the world doing different things. And then we'll have a thousand and then we'll have 60% of businesses doing the same.
1: So Patagonia is one of the organizations that you worked with we
2: worked with, yeah, we're working with some, yeah, a lot of sort of sustainability movements around the world. Um, what
1: kind of things do they do that, that are different to other other organizations similar to them? Um, well, for me,
2: I think Patagonia's ethos from the outset, and um, it's you know, it definitely worth reading some of Yvonne Chouinard's The Founders. Books. He's got that lovely book called uh, Let My People Go Surfing. Mm. Uh, Because I think they show that it is possible to have a business, if that's what we want to call it, with a mission that's much greater than just making money. Mm -hmm. And I think it's – and so from the outset, and in in fact Patagonia's most recent uh, mission statement is – Uh, to quote word for word, we are in business to save our home planet, you know, for them. And and if you speak to somebody in Patagonia, right at the front of what they're focusing day by day is, are we making a difference to protect the planet? Um, Mm -hmm. And you you go in and it's got this really interesting cultural feeling of, yes, it's, it's sort of sharp and uh, ambitious and and, and driven, uh, and efficient as a, as a as a business, you know they, they do what they do really well in terms of creating stuff and, and and putting it out to the world. But they're asking such extraordinary questions about how to use that to to do something different. And and they are asking really amazing questions about how to support, for example, regenerative agriculture. Um, um, you know their supply chains, their foods, their campaigning around the protection of wild spaces is incredible. So um it's it's just one example of I, I think the seed of that is someone like Yvonne Schultz, who has a, a very strong sense of relationship and care for nature and who is very willing to challenge the status quo of our social systems, our forms of progress and and, and to innovate to do something very different that also I think is there to inspire other people
1: Mm -hmm. so so he he was already connected to nature and he learned to be to live in the world of business and and then it feels like that's an organization that engages all of its workers all of the people who support and work with the business in their mission in order to make that happen rather than it be you know being told what to do it's about engaging people to try and um, so that it's everybody's mission
0: well
2: yeah I think you could say that (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah that's a really nice little way of framing it strikes me that he just did something that he felt very passionate about which was which came from an authentically caring place
0: mm-hmm.
2: obviously very savvy as well in terms of how to position it in the world
0: mm-hmm. and that
2: kind of dance that we're all dancing isn't it really you know like you what you do what i do what um anybody that we've met in our travels does is i think they're in a place of if we really feel that sense of connection to, to, to nature to life then we're constantly dancing this this thread this this dance of how, how can I bring that more and more into something that feels like has become disconnected as the world that we're in?
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's his way of, of, of doing it in Patagonia. Mm-hmm.
1: So when you, when your inquiry for how can we create a nature connected culture began, you had a certain view of the world. How, how would you say the world has changed in your view? Are you more hopeful did what did you find out in that inquiry well i think
2: it's it's amazing to think about where the state of the so that so let's say that was four or five years ago as you said before mm-hmm. it has accelerated very quickly hasn't it? Mm. it feels like that to me i think you know on the one side obviously the, the the awareness of the climate situation you know is now is now broader and more widespread and for a lot of people you know that that's, it's nothing new, but I think we now we now see it more in the mainstream. And I think even four or five years ago, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. I I think um, if you look back to twenty nineteen, Extinction Rebellion played a really extraordinary role in in I think shifting things so that a sense of urgency and need was it was accepted and acknowledged and taken on by by lots of groups you know if you think about the music declares and the arts declares and now business declares you know sorts of pockets of organizations saying yet we're, we're acknowledging that we're in a climate emergency I think,
0: mm-hmm. I think it's
2: shifted and, and of, of course we're in a moment now of I imagine even Extinction Rebellion are asking lots of questions about their identity and their role because of COVID and because things have shifted.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: <clears throat> but I also think that, for example, polarization is, is, feels more, over those four or five years, you know, we've had Brexit, we've had Trump, we've had loads of nationalist movements, we've had populism around the world. And, and, and weirdly, when I left London, which was almost four years ago, one of the things that I felt when I was leaving London was that um, people were growing further apart from each other.
0: Mm.
2: and this sense, which, which for me is so different to how it feels when I'm in nature or how we behave when we're in nature or how nature seems to work, you know, that, um, we'd we'd lost that intricate web of connection and wholeness to use that lovely frame that you used earlier and and instead we're somehow growing further and further apart or moving further apart as people. So, so and that, that I think is happening more and more. Mm. Um we see it in politics and of course we're seeing it in terms of racial justice now as well and, and, and different aspects of equality. So it's, it is bonkers because in some ways the world is growing further apart from itself. In some ways we are striving to move closer together.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I realize that so far we, we've spoken and it might sound like we're talking politics or business, but for me, it's all nature. It's all, it all comes back to what are the patterns of life, what are the patterns of how a healthy natural system flows, whether that's our planet, whether it's the story that we're all part of. And what an amazing moment to be kind of riding these waves where in, in, at the same time, we are, stretching ourselves apart to points of division and longing and working so hard to stay connected at a, at a heart level. And, um, yeah. And then of course COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I love the fact that, um, uh, Joanna Macy was interviewed as part of some of the extinction rebellion podcasts about a year ago. And she described this moment as exquisite. Mm-hmm before before the pandemic she was already she was saying you know what an exquisite moment to be alive because it's terrifying it's really scary it's incredibly confusing it's uncertain the ground feels so um shaky and still wow what what if we get things right what if we what if we do draw out more beautiful stories what if we do as she would say you know sort of manage to maneuver this great turning then. What an what an incredible story to be part of! What a moment to be alive!
0: Yes,
1: well, I must say that's how I feel. I feel, uh, you know, whilst being very aware that I'm in a very privileged position where I'm safe and I'm warm and I have a home and I have the the food that I need and much more than that, I'm I'm also very aware that the world has been people have been struggling around the world and suffering for well forever but more and more because of um, the way the world has been going, you know, with the pollution, with, you know, like you say, you know, social justice and um, all of the many, the poverty and the division that has been getting greater between rich and poor and, and all of those things. And, and yet it feels like things are shifting some for the worse some for the better lots of things we we cannot see how it's going to turn out um which before it felt that like we were on a, a track that you know that capitalism and the the kind of life that constant growth um gave us we sort of knew where it was going you know two decades ago or three decades ago and my parents were were my age Things seemed fairly i don't know they were going in a certain direction, whereas now we don't know where it's going to go it this points back to the um, the article that you pointed me to with Aaron Datty Roy um, that was in the financial Times um, the portal was it called mm. the portal and I, I, I liked I liked that because it you know it describes wow the really full-on situation that's, that's, that's happening in India and has been happening in India for, um, the, you know, very recent history in the last year. Um, and the very, and then, and then COVID hit and, uh, and the, one of the last sentences is nothing could be worse than a return to normality. And, Mm. um, you know in many ways things have returned to normality for me compared to her they were at the start of lockdown but uh, there is a lot more awareness i think and a lot of things that are changing around me and i'm i'm really interested to see how it all pans out
2: yeah there's a lot to play there's a lot to play out isn't there and and you do wonder what not, i mean this this the whole thing about you can't swim in the same river twice so hopefully that applies in this case in the, in a, in a good way that the, w- whether no matter how hard we try to push back or how other people try to push back systems that are economic and financial and so on and so on, maybe there's a greater awareness now for more people that, well, you know what, we are connected and we are um, vulnerable to bigger system changes. And, you know, the, the world does twist and turn in, 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 in unexpected ways and we should care for it in a, in a different way that, that, Maybe that that sort of changed, but it, it's also interesting to just think there was there was a, a survey done by the RSA here in the UK, and I, I haven't seen it for a while. But I think it said at the time, and it was probably you know five or six weeks into lockdown, maybe not quite that much, and it said um, that only nine percent of the people they'd interviewed or that's in that survey wanted things to go back as they were, mm. like less than one in 10% or less than one in 10 people said, yeah, I'd l- I want my life back as it was.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And um, that's amazing. I've seen similar, I've seen similar sort of stats recently about where people are at with going back and, and it does say something about the intensity, the speed, the action mm-hmm. that we that we see in so many aspects of society, doesn't it? Mm. And so, so, so coming back to the article, which I, I also really love. What I take out from the Aaron Roy thing is, you know, because she says every, every pandemic is a portal. I, right? it's a chance to step through something.
1: Yeah, I've got actually that with the the um, paragraph here. Historically, pandemics have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew this one is no different it is a portal a gateway between one world and the next we can choose to walk through it dragging the carcasses of our prejudice and hatred our avarice our data banks and dead ideas our dead rivers and smoky skies behind us or we can walk through lightly with little luggage ready to imagine another world and ready to fight for it
2: <laughs> isn't it wonderful and so so for me that's that's that beautiful point of Maybe COVID isn't going to change the world, but, but it gives us the chance to reimagine a new world and act on it. And so we need to sort of we need to, to do what we can to at least ask the question and, and, see, and see how we want to pass through this moment. If only, if, if, nine, if only 9% of people want to go back to the world as it was, then what are the questions we should be asking now? What are the things we could be doing now to step in through this portal in a different way? Mm -hmm. much of that points to some of the things that you and I work with you know Mm. what is it to mark a threshold and what is it to work with our awareness and our consciousness and our love and our capacity to feel and see and be part of a bigger picture in order to change not just who we are inside but how we act with the world around us Mm.
0: and
2: in that sense there's there's never been a more critical moment, I don't think, for the kind of work that we do, because it is about connecting to the whole when the whole is in such a fragile state.
1: Mm. So that, that does really bring it back down to earth, doesn't it? Because part of me was wanting to go, well, what should we be doing? What should we be doing? But actually what we really need to do is, is practice being, isn't it? And finding our way back to presence and connection through our own personal practices and we don't all have personal practices that's the problem I think quite often we we live our lives and we do all the things that we're supposed to do and we don't really know what that even means what what does that mean for you what brings you back to presence and awareness and and how do you what is it that you what does that mean to you
0: Mm
2: what you mean what does presence and awareness mean yeah today?
1: and i guess because i think in once we as individuals return to presence and awareness and that could be whether we are you know the ceo of some big business or you know whoever we are a parent doing doing our thing but when we when we are in presence and awareness we tend to operate differently to when we are blindly moving forwards trying to keep up with everything yeah
2: what what, what, where you where you take me is um it's been it's been maybe i don't know i've been feeling this a lot over the last six months and of course the pandemic influences it but um i went i went back to some of the old texts that that i read when i was doing some of of my training with some of the the work that we do with way of nature and so on and i'm really um what's really sort of alive for me at the moment is the notion that um that this access to perceiving something bigger or connecting to something bigger often comes through opening the heart and, and compassion and and so presence and 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 i and i, I did a little bit of work on and, and spent I got, I had the fortune of seeing Thich Nhat Hanh, the amazing Zen Buddhist writer and elder, uh, show, show this. I, I saw him do it in, in live as it were, where he speaks about mindfulness, um, like a mother holding a, a, a baby. He says, you know, when, when we, when we, for example, if you're working mindfully and you... Uh, want to be present in that moment. And what you would do is in mindful walking, we, we, you take a step, one takes a step. And in taking that step step, you bring that feeling of embracing whatever is emerging in that moment, as if you were holding something that you deeply care, as if you were holding a, a baby and you were a mother holding a baby. When, when we cultivate that, that, that for me, if, when you say presence, that for me is a, is, is kind of presence but it's amazing because it comes not just as a thought it's not just a cognitive mental thing it's a a heart feeling it's a, it's a body feeling and it has a is it has a really good dose of care <laughs> it's got a really good dose of like um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, kindness as well and um i do i do wonder how often we even in the in the uh, for me, the lockdown was really intense and as, as, you know, I guess it was for anybody really with, with uh, who had to balance all of life and work and then family and things under one roof. And so, um, uh, I, I just, I'm just really curious about how do we, when, when things get busy, how do we, how do we keep that sense of kindness? And it's a very long winded answer, but sorry. <laughs> presence is more and more being linked to uh can I just bring that sense of kindness into the everyday? Um yeah <laughs> that's a bit of a ramble sorry Leon
1: that's <laughs> it's beautiful it's true uh you know that's that's what it comes back to isn't it being each moment trying to live from the heart trying to turn that kindness in on yourself which is, you know, through forgiveness and acceptance and uh, and understanding, and then in turn on others, which for me is massive. It comes back to that polarization thing that you've pointed to that has been increasing more and more recently. If we really truly believe that we are the ones that know everything and know it all and that the others are really wrong, where are we ever going to meet in the middle? you know this polarization i think one way they must be wrong because i'm right and this right and wrong thing um that has us thinking that we're all that we're different somehow from other people when in fact if we can come back to kindness and mindfulness and being present and in the moment it really has helped me in, at least to to understand and accept other views that might be different to my own and and move towards rather than away from people who think differently from me, and I think i don't know maybe i'm melding two different things here, but it it all comes back to the same thing for me, which is about um, yeah really trying to listen, really trying to to find um, connection from the heart and and then living from that place rather than living from fear or blame or shame. Um so yeah. <laughs> sort of added added to 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 that a little bit. But um so I'm interested in how that relates to the work that you do then. So what you you're working with organizations, people, individuals. Who are looking to think and organise systems in a different way? Mm. How do, what does that look <laughs> yeah. like?
2: Um, well, it comes back to the bio leadership work, really. And, and um, well, just just on what you were saying then, uh, and and we bring this kind of question into what we're talking into the work that we're talking about. But you just made me think that just the other day, I shared that um, quote, the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. quote about power and love. And, and his, his doctorate thesis was on the relationship between power and love. And from that, it's where we've got this lovely quote, which says, um, power without love is reckless and abusive, but love without power is sentimental and anemic. Mm-hmm. And it means so much that for me, because it's not, this notion of kindness is not, it's not sort of, um, overly soft or sentimental so that we say, oh, you know, let's just be kind and then the world will be all right. There's definitely this tension of how do we hold it with power, as in power being a defining, active, purposeful force in the world. Now, if you get that right with, the, with a good dose of love, then, wow, all of a sudden you're being very generative. So so there's something in what you were saying for me about it's – it, and then some of the learning that I've done – going into Taoist roots and going into some Eastern traditions, it relates to the balance of the divine masculine, the the divine feminine or uh, yin and yang and so on. And and those things for me speak a lot to this moment that we're talking about as well. This all of a sudden we're trying to shift culture so that it it has a balance. So it's not combative, but still strong. And it's not, overly um uh it's not it's not it's love but also in an active way and we're just we're constantly finding out what that looks like and feels like in the modern context um you know we're, uh, we're constantly trying to work out what is the language and what well, how do we how do we how do we position it how do we frame it when the news and the media and the trump and all of this is just so shouty it's it's really fascinating um so um
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no thanks i just wanted to just say yeah it's it that's true because i think we're in danger when we we talk about being in the present moment and talking about living from the heart of sounding like it's yeah it's it's this sort of soft um futile resistance where in fact it's actually a powerful act isn't it it's really strong to, to to be able to act from that place and be in the world fully in the world acting from that place with intention exactly um, so yeah exactly.
0: thanks for and saying so that.
2: i mean and this again speaks to some of the work that i'm doing with, with with different kinds of people and organizations really but one of the things that i found really useful and, and i hope this is relevant Leonard <laughs> but That I found really useful in positioning some of what we've been doing is it's this model that comes from sort of psychology and often relationships and and, and therapy and well relationship kind of work uh, called transactional analysis. Transactional, I think, yeah. And so this is the thing we may have spoken about it before, which says we we in life might meet each other at three different levels. We might meet, meet each other at the adult level, or, ch- or there might be something that you say that makes me go to a child position, you know, like feeling a little bit like victim or uh, like you blame me for something that makes me go a bit smaller. Or you might do something that makes me go to a parent position where I go a bit big and, and sort of over the top of you. But of course, because we're only human, when I respond in a particular way, that might make you go one way or the other. So, if I a child and say, mm-hmm. oh, "Leona, you just did this to me," you might go even more child. You know, you did it first. Or I might go mm-hmm. parents on you and start to preach or tell you off or something like that, and you might go even more parents on me and try to sort of out me. I mean, I'm, 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 this mm-hmm. is a very much layman's interpretation of it in a in a way. But I I so so ideally what we're trying to do is stay at the adult to adult level. And this is relates to everything that we've been speaking about. My sense is that increasingly with this work, which is about nature connection, protection, heart, love, all, all of a sudden we're trying to find a moment or a point where that stays at the adult level. And because for a long time, these things have either been put in a child position by the dominant system, or I think a lot of people place themselves there in a in a in a more child position and look up to try to change the big machine. And I, I find it exciting and I find it energizing. And I think there's something healthy in saying, wow, we're we're moving towards a point where actually the the work that brings us together we can hold at the adult position and unapologetically say, you know, this is the most necessary and meaningful, important, valuable, beautiful form of human development or one of the most beautiful forms of human development Mm -hmm. that we could be working with. The process of reconnecting self, each other and, and nature in order to sustain life and, beautiful things as a planet and um i think it's really exciting that all of a sudden that's like we're not trying to sell that or pitch that it's that's just how it is more and more and uh,
1: yeah (laughs) yeah we've reached a critical mass perhaps people enough people who are prioritizing wanting and stepping into their adult feeling that they have agency and choice and are able to do things that make a difference. I agree. I see that and I'm hopeful for that. And that it feels like whereas before we were blaming a lot of the governments and the corporations and you know, who still obviously need to be held to account, we're now in a position where actually there are routes through, aren't there? There are a lot of empowered people like and I and I agree, you know, whatever people think of Extinction Rebellion, um, it definitely brought a lot of things to people's, uh, a lot of sense of agency and action and power to people at an individual level, at a local level, and then at national and global level, where I know it took off in other countries around the world, didn't it? So things like that going on all over the place uh including the the black lives matter protests you know wh- whatever however they've gone off on their separate tangents just people being able and choosing to to take action at that level but also within their own homes within their businesses within the things that are happening uh at you know larger organizational levels it feels like things are changing yeah, ex- exactly, exactly,
2: and I think there are there are sprinkles of positive stories like that happening in lots of places a- at the same time in the backdrop of this world of polarization and, um, and you know con- continued sort of um, well, cl- cl- climate crisis. So so it takes back to what a moment to be alive, and I think if we can help find the positive stories and be part of them and grow them, then hopefully these acupuncture. Points connect up and, and create a new, a new culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so <laughs> we keep going back to it and then going off on a tangent. Back to the work that you're doing with mm. organisations. How are you? Well, again, what does that look like? Are you working with individuals or are you working with organisations or is it more an educational level?
2: I'm a bit of all, a bit really. You know, I, I, we do consultancy work. Um, with which, uh, which is a bit of an old paradigm word, but you know, we, we offer, we help people design leadership and learning processes and programs in organisations or in communities, and we 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 sort of host uh, retreats and 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 learning journeys, really. Um, but the, the 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 difference, I suppose, is that what we're doing now is explicitly saying, I have this thing, which is that. I think three kinds of knowledge feel really important to helping us shift towards a, a more. It might sound a bit abstract, but you know, can we get a business? Can we get a company? Could we get a government or a country to be more nature connected? You know, and and uh, and with the bio work, we're saying we're saying that the 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 mission the, the mission of the the bio project is to. Help to shift the story of leadership by reconnecting with nature. you know we can create a new story of hopefully our kids and their kids when they think about a leadership. It will be a form of human being that cares for life and planet and and it will sound silly to the idea of having an organization or a system that is destructive to wider environment that that will sound crazy to them I hope mm-hmm. I hope so so that's the aim anyway that's the mission let's let's change the story because if we shift the paradigm then so many of the structures that we're creating in the world that come from that paradigm will will also be transformed so so I think I think there are three kinds of knowledge that are helpful in creating that shift the first is more thinking so You know, there is amazing work like, for example, Kate Rayworth's work on donut economics, which says we should rethink. And here is a new model of economics that places the needs of both the planet and people at heart within certain boundaries. That's a really important piece of work. It's Mm -hmm. really essential to helping us think differently about economic progress. And it's still in the mental space. It's still in the thinking. So Okay, that we can use that and we can apply it to how we would develop a, a business or a, a local authority or a, a school that influence how we act in the world necessarily. Mm-hmm. So so I a, a second form of knowledge that I think is important is more about our qualities of of being in order to bring a new form of leadership and progress to the world. And and by being, it also relates to intangible stuff like for example, how do you teach resilience or how do you teach connection, something that you know so much about? How do you teach um, capacity to perceive the big system, you know, to open our awareness so much that we can sort of perceive um, how a wider complex system might be flowing or moving? Like those things are very difficult to teach from a textbook that I don't think they're at the thinking level. They think they're they're at the being and sensing level. It's where so much of what we do is so helpful. You know, I, I just wish so many more people in politics and in business would practice what we do when we're in nature, like opening the senses. You know, perceiving rhythms of life, mm-hmm. even just coming back to the fact that things happen in cycles and seasons. And, and so the second the second kind of knowledge is about different ways, different ways of sensing and being the the third kind of knowledge Mm -hmm. is about, um, connecting and and it's about connecting ideas, connecting knowledge, connecting stories, but also confidence and courage and a sense that this is all doable and possible. And, um, because we mm-hmm. still do a lot in isolation or separation, we still do a lot in, in silos. There was, there was. I was listening to a podcast just earlier this week with um, Cristiana Figueres, who was the woman who did so much good work in aligning countries um, from all across the world to to, to agree the the Paris agreements, the um, the big climate agreement. She's, you know, she had a very senior role mm-hmm. at the UN. She she did amazing work to get everybody to that point. And, and she was saying in this podcast, we're still too siloed. You know, we're still doing too much to think about issues, whether it's climate or poverty. These things mm-hmm. we still think about them in in terms of like isolated incidents, whereas actually they're all connected. And so we have to think about different ways of, of connecting as systems. And nature is such an awesome partner. And guide in helping us do that. So, sorry, it's quite a long-winded answer. But when you say to me, "What is it that we're doing?" It doesn't matter whether it's a workshop or a two-year program or work with a, with a, an NGO or work with a Patagonia. What we're doing is saying we need to cultivate all of those kinds of knowledge, and we help people to do that by by working with nature. We help people to say, "How does a healthy natural system work?" and how do we connect to that natural system and then therefore how do we use all of that to create a better um a better social system for ourselves and and the places that we belong to
1: Mm, i love that and yes absolutely (laughs) 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 definitely fully fully on board with those three forms of knowledge and and working more from a systems perspective or from a rather than being in isolation and in silos but yes looking at the whole and understanding how we are an integrated interwoven system where you know it's like those exercises that you do I'm sure you've done them where everybody is in a circle and you throw a ball of string across from one side to the other. So it becomes a big web and then you pull one part of the web and it pulls on all different parts of the web elsewhere, you know, until we stop looking at problems in isolation as, you know, this is climate and this is the sea and what's going on with the seas and the water systems. And this is this soil degradation, massive soil degradation problem that's happening in the world. Mm. And and until so we stop seeing them differently and separately, we're not going to be able to come up with a unified and holistic system that works. So exactly. the exactly. idea that, that, you know, that you're working to bring people back into connection and um, understanding of that, Uh, thinking and being and connecting differently that's really exciting yeah Mm. that's it that's amazing
2: and and let's hope that covid is a of 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 good and bad things that come from this moment in time let's let's hope that there's enough of an opening really to, to to remind people that we are an interconnected system that we're part of something that is intricately sort of connected in lots of ways and all of a sudden we might start to see a different kind of innovation again Mm
1: -hmm. yes yeah and and that's definitely something that i've seen happening local locally people are connecting more and into in you know sort of being a little bit more of the the food networks and where our food comes from and you know the rise in um veg box deliveries went up i don't know times by ten or a hundred or a thousand who knows but I know that that went up so much and and things like that are have been really um, amazing that's come out of lockdown and that's at local levels and then you know at such large levels there have been big changes and, and hopefully there still will be. So I'm aware of time and I'd love, um, you know, if there's anything else that you want to share about the work that you're doing right now or how people can get in touch with you or um, yeah, a little bit where they can find out more about um, both way of nature and bio and, and any of the other projects that you're involved with.
2: Yeah. Great. Thanks, Leona. Well, we, you know, we, the, with the bio leadership work, it's at a really exciting moment. We are, uh, in coming months going to launch a global fellowship so that will be a chance for people to join a community of up to 108 people we think of people who want to bring bio leadership to the front of their life and their work and um it will be a guided virtual adventure with lots of contact points and brilliant people supporting and speaking and we're inviting everybody to bring in a, a live question or a challenge to be supported with that over six or six to eight months so so uh, that's that's happening and and um a few events you know gatherings for people interested in bio leadership happening as well so so that's at bio leadership.org and uh very happily we are uh well we've announced a, a few more nature quests as part of the way of nature work so those are the deep kind of immersions and the um yeah, a chance that one will be on a on a secret island where we hold it in in Scotland,
0: mm. uh,
2: in December. and it'll wow. it'll be a little cooler. But I think people are just ready for, to head out and be on proper adventures. Um, and we'll host the Vision Quest in in spring as well with other things planned. So that's at wayofnature.co.uk
1: amazing and i'll share those links in the show notes so for people who are interested in any of the things that we've spoken about i will i'll put all the links um there in the show notes um amazing well thank you so much andres it's been a pleasure as ever and i love how you you've done it again you know you you can talk about such things as spirituality without using the word spirituality connection <laughs> and um you know re- the really deep stuff and make it really um accessible and alive um you know uh, uh, vital uh, and current and uh, and i love it and i love knowing about all the work that you're doing so Thank you so much for sharing and chatting with me here.
2: Uh, Thanks, Leona. And I mean, thanks for what you're doing and helping these stories get out to the world. And it's all part of all of us shifting culture. So um, yeah, good to be doing it with you.
1: Mm. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope it inspires you to follow your path of deep connection. I love sharing this information and I'll always share any relevant links in my show notes. If you like the show, please consider supporting it at patreon.com forward slash Connection Matters Podcast. This is where you'll find bonus episodes, giveaways and behind the scenes content from me, as well as having my huge heartfelt thanks for any support you can give me. It really helps with the viability of the show. You can get most of what will be on offer for as little as £3 a month. Please also don't forget to subscribe on whatever app you use by clicking that little subscribe button below. That way you'll get all the upcoming episodes straight into your device and review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It's so helpful. The music that opens and closes the show is actually my very own dad and you can hear more of his music at soundcloud.com forward slash vision ray.